Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, it's Ruben with Stafo. We got a little intro dance here. Just trying to stay positive during these really challenging, uncertain times. Um, but we've got some really interesting topics that we're going to get into here with Stafo. Stafo comes to us from Bulgaria, and um, they're going under. They're undergoing a full lockdown over there, just like what America should be doing. Um, so if you are out and about, uh, we recommend that you get your ass home because that's just the best thing that we can all do right now. <laughs> So some of the topics that we're going to explore right now is number one is how to use LinkedIn as a, as a vehicle uh, during this time, how to create content, how to build your followership, how to followship. Is that a, is that a word? Uh, how to build your following. And then uh, also on how to uh, best practices on working from home. You know, um, I've been working from home for years. Staff has been working from home for years. So we have a couple of tricks that we want to kind of share with people. Um, but without further ado, man, Stafa, let's get into it, man. Tell me from your perspective, what is your vision? What is your take on what's what we're all going through right now? Yeah, so personally, I always, oh, Ruben uh, disappeared, but I'm still here, so I'll just keep talking. Um, so personally, what I believe in is that you should make a really strong distinction between the things that you control and the things that you don't control. So when I look at the corona uh, epidemic I'm saying okay so what do I control I control if I'm gonna use my time properly I control if I'm gonna either make more people infected or less people infected so I'm gonna do what I can and stay in quarantine instead of uh, running around but I also make sure that I'm just um, not worrying about the things that I can't control can I stop people in the US from sitting in parks most likely not so I'm not going to worry about people in in the U.S. doing something like this. But can yeah. I, you know, can I be say have my say and say something useful? Sure, I'll do that. But that's what that's basically how I look at it. I focus on the things that I control, and I try to not have anything to do with the things that I don't control. Right. Exactly. I think that's totally true. This is that that classic. A Venn diagram that that shows things that we can control, things that we can't control in that center that center area, and that's the things that we should really focus our time on. So, what we can control right now is continuing to build our businesses, to continue to keep ourselves safe, to keep our families safe, and to figure out ways to be creative so that when this thing is over in six weeks or six months. You know that we actually are not devastated by it. So there's there's mm -hmm. just a couple of things that I think we should get into right now. Um, you know, from my perspective, I think the first thing is how do we continue to to sell and to drive revenue during this time period. So I'd love to get your take on this, and I have my take. It's something that we actually did specifically with Dub, but Stafo, I'd love to ask you that. How can we make our businesses viable right now? Yeah. So I, I think there's like a couple of angles, right? So on the one hand, you have the product side of this. Right. So, and that means like, okay, which parts of your service of your product are going to be extra useful to people right now? So right. what is it that you can change or highlight about what you're already doing to right. just serve the current need? Right. And then the second part is what about your marketing strategy do you need to change? So for me, actually, basically, I didn't have to change anything because I'm a digital service agency selling to people digitally. So for me, it was very little difference. But, but people, I have to I have to cut you off right there. But aren't people buying less right now? I mean, we're in a recession. You know, people are disbanded. They're not physically in the same space. You know, they're 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 cutting costs. They're preparing for something. So hasn't that affected your business? Well, so on the pro on the product side, that, that means that we might need to give some some discounts or, or similar or help the clients to generate leads in a different way. Okay. Uh, but my the way I generate leads doesn't change because I'm already doing it digitally. So on the product side, for sure, I have to change. Maybe slightly change my marketing. Uh, maybe what I can say is, okay, here's how we can help you generate leads during the recession. But since it was already totally digital, and already very much like one-on-one, 
uh, cold outreach, that kind of stuff. I, I don't really need to change too much on that end. Now, lots of companies, they do most of their lead generation on networking events and sales shows and whatever those, uh, those things are called where you do it in real life or even worse, if you have like a physical business that requires people to walk through the door. Now, those people, they will need to figure out, okay, what is it that works in real life and how can we extend that into the digital sphere? So I think um, Dub can actually play a really strong role in something like this because what is Dub so good at is helping people have that really strong personal impression of you, even from the first point of contact. So if you're, a, if you're let's say, a salesperson, very well equipped at walking up to somebody at a trade show and making a good first impression, well, think to yourself, okay, who is it that I would usually walk up to? How can I find these people on LinkedIn, which would right. be through Sales Navigator, for example? And then how can I make that same impression? That could be by writing a cold message, but it could also be by using something like DUP to immediately make a good impression. We, we pivoted our entire business last week. Yeah. Okay, we we changed our messaging. <laughs> you know, the technology is mostly the same, uh, but we realized that everyone is going to be working from home for yeah. the foreseeable future. It's going to be a reality. It does not matter if you work at Microsoft, Apple, or if you're a solopreneur. Mm -hmm. You are going to be working at home if you're if you're smart at least. If you're not smart, you're going to go into the office and probably be the only person there. Hopefully, mm -hmm. right? So. There is no reason to not be able to do everything that you are currently doing from home. I would argue that you can actually be more efficient. You know, yeah. Dub is Dub is is a very it's a Dub is a hybrid company. It's a virtual company, but we also has a have a physical office. But mm -hmm. we haven't been using that physical office just because we've been so connected via digital channels, asynchronous video, you know, synchronous video, real time chat, you know, project management tools, so on and so forth. So. There's a couple of things that I'm noticing right off the bat that people need to be thinking about. You know, synchronous video is great. This is synchronous video, Zoom, Uber conference. This is all synchronous video. But people need to be thinking about asynchronous video differently. Now, a lot of people don't understand what asynchronous video is. They think that video is you watch stuff on Facebook or YouTube or Netflix or you jump into a Zoom call. And these two, you know, I'm seeing all these memes that are jumping around about Zoom and Netflix and all these companies that they're basically saving the planet. Like Disney Plus is what a great time to be selling Disney Plus. I subscribed mm -hmm. yesterday, right? Because mm -hmm. it's it's video content, asynchronous video content that I can watch on my own time. But what you mentioned, Stafa, which I think is really insightful, is that when you go to someone at a trade show and you provide that first impression, we need to continue to do that exact thing. We need to provide those first impressions. And those first impressions are based on a couple of things. Number one is getting the person to know you, getting them to like you, and then getting them to trust you. And a lot of that happens with personality and with value. Mm -hmm. So we always recommend to people, paid dub account, free dub account, it does not matter. Get your value out there get your personality out there, get your humanism out there and to continue to build those relationships because people are still buying right now. They're just buying in a different way. They're buying yeah. things that can optimize what they're doing. Business is not going to stop. You know, Stafo, you said it really well. You said that the way in which you're conducting your business is not going to change, but maybe your product is going to change a little bit so that you can kind of, um, you know, cater to people a, a little bit more. So, from an agency perspective, from a consultancy perspective, what do people, what do you recommend that people actually invest in right now? It's gonna depend a lot on, on the company, of course. Yeah. Uh, but if you're gonna be specifically an agency, I think what you really need to invest in is good ways of sharing your knowledge internally and good ways of communicating internally. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't just mean the technology, like sure, install Slack. Yeah, well, we've had, we had, we've been using Slack for three years and I can tell you how we use it now has nothing to do with how we used it in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So it's also a cultural thing. So for example, one of the things I made a post about last week is as soon as you start working from home, it's so tempting to, to start late, end late. And then you start, what, what you see happening is you get messages 9, 9 p.m. at night and because you're at work anyway you, you're at home slash at work anyway people start you start replying to those mm -hmm. and before you know it you're never really resting and you're never really working so right. 
so beyond just like the idea of like investing in the technology, I would invest in making good agreements. So that means getting your whole team maybe on a, on a call or whatever and say like, okay, so how are we actually going to do this? Because the first one or two years that I was running my business basically totally digitally, that was like, there were so many fights and, and tensions around this. For example, I would send a message on Slack on Sunday and we had the agreement that anybody can send messages whenever you want, but you only are expected to respond uh, in the weekdays. Now people had their notifications on and getting these messages on a Sunday and then it would be like, why are you bothering me on a Sunday? You know, it's my, my off day. You know, this, those kind of things are easy to, they slip under the radar, you know, and, and you, you start seeing frustration go up over time. So every day they get a little bit more frustrated and before you know it, your whole team hates each other. So yeah. those, uh, those agreements are probably a little bit of a counterintuitive answer from a marketer, but that's what I would invest in, making sure you, your communication internally is on point and then make sure you have the same thing going on with your clients. Send an send a email to all your clients, let them know you cannot walk in the office right now, but you know what you can do is, but what you can do is you can reach us here, you can reach us there. We'll do our best to answer as soon as possible. That's what I would invest in right now. That is key. Personalization, connections, holding on to the clients that you have, empowering them, figuring out ways, working with them so that they can pivot their business, adjust their business to specifically respond to market needs right now, demands. Yeah. That's the most important thing. You mentioned Slack and you mentioned that you've been using it for a number of years. Slack is definitely one of the tools that we use and we are power Slack users. So I, I wanted to just take a, a quick minute here to, hey, Jason, what's up? Thanks so much for joining. Really appreciate that. Hey, Orlando, thanks for joining. Thanks for the comments. Um, if you guys have uh, questions, comments, just throw them in the comments below on any channel that you're on. We will get them. We will respond to them in real time. Um, some of the things that I'd love to know from folks is, you know, what are some of the things that you're doing from a business perspective, from a marketing perspective, from a lead gen perspective? And then also what tools are you using right now to streamline your process, to continue to build those relationships, convey ideas, and to not stop business while we're all home-based and going through this very awkward time? Um, yeah. But going back to Slack, I did want to share some of the ways that we are, quote unquote, power using Slack. So Slack, mm -hmm. as you guys know, it's a real time chat program, but it's much more than a chat program. It's a fully integrated solution that allows people to have API feeds and notifications and to really monitor a business. It's not just for humans mm -hmm. speaking with other humans. It's also computers speaking to computers and sometimes even co computers speaking to computers. So. I'm just going to share my screen here and I'm going to be very um, explanatory and, and my walkthrough here. So the first thing I'll show is that, you know, we have channels for a lot of different things. We have, you know, we have our entire funnel here. We have our cancellations. We have our leads. We have our pay fails. We have our sales. We have our signups. You know, we have specific clients. Nice. Yeah, we have specific clients that we're doing here. Anytime someone, for example, signs up to Dub, you know, we get we get a, a real-time ping, you know? So without sharing too much confident, confidential information here, we will get a real-time ping. So every every couple of minutes, someone is signing up for Dub, and then we're gonna get that real-time notification. Now there's something specifically that I wanted to show everyone that we're doing right now, which I'm pretty proud of. And I think that this is, it's the essence of this is really about sharpening the pencil during this time and being more personalized stuff what you mentioned you mentioned reaching out to clients being more human being more um kind of connected like that so this is just a quick idea of something that we came up with so this here is an animated gif um mm. with shannon's name mistyped here which is hilarious so his name has two ends sorry shannon if you're listening to this um so this is an animated gif here where we have a, a default graphic here which Shannon created with um, Adobe um, After Effects. And it just looks like this, okay? So it says, welcome to Dub. And then it has an animated um, GIF here that shows the Dub platform. This is the mobile app and the schedule integration, calls to action, all the cool stuff on Dub. But it does not have any personalization text on top. So there's no, there's no hello first name. So mm -hmm. what we do, what we're doing is, you know, our Kate who runs a part of our customer service, specifically onboarding, what she does is she goes in there and she actually adds a person's name and she uses Giphy for this. So she uploads the GIF and she uses, or I should say Jiffy for this. So she uses Jiffy 
That's jiffy.com with a Y. And then she adds a little bit of personalization text. And then what she does is she SMSs this message out to people that have that have signed up to dub. That's nice. Yeah. So what they are getting right now, and, and this is all opt-in. You people can skip this or opt out of this, but right now, you know, SMS is one of our powerful channels right now. So anytime someone signs up, they get an SMS message from us that's hyper personalized with their name, with an animated GIF with their name burned into the GIF. And then that way when they when they see that, they say, Wow, you know what? This company is thinking of me. They put my name in the text. They put my name in the image. You know, one of the all, one of the other things that we do is we put we use Dub's personalization text. And Dub's personalization text is I'll maybe I can show it right now, but it's basically the ability to add personalization text to as an overlay in in a Dub video. Okay, nice. and that is value because when that person watches that video, the first thing that they're going to see is their name. It's going to say, hi, Staffo. And then once they play, then it, of course it disappears because we don't want to interrupt their experience. But that level of personalization text, you know, we do that constantly um, through all of our channels. So in this case, we do do it on SMS. So, you know, one of the things that I'd love to learn from you, Staffo, is uh, as a power LinkedIn user, you know, as someone that's running an agency um, that's very remote, um, what are some ways that we can add personalization that we can really show that we're thinking about our clients and we're connected to them? That's a good question. I'm not sure if I'm the best person to, to answer this, uh, but I think, well, I'll, I'll give you something that, that I think not a LinkedIn functionality that I think people are not using enough, maybe not necessarily for your clients, but just to, for your leads, especially if you're dealing with higher lifetime value leads. So let's say 500 US dollars and up, um, one of the features that I've been using a lot is what you can do if you have sales navigator is you can make a list of leads. And what happens is uh, when you add them to a list, you have the ability to filter your view. So you only see the content created by your leads. So what, the, so what this allows you to do is to actually see a list of all the content created by your leads on LinkedIn. And you can then go in and engage on those things one-on-one. The thing people oftentimes they don't realize, especially from a lead generation perspective, is everybody wants to be Mr. Big Time Influencer. Everybody wants to be seen by everybody. Everybody wants to feed their own ego. They, they have something to say. And of course, that's all a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But what they forget is that other people also have this and that most people really suck at it. So what you'll see is your, your leads and, and people that you want to build relationships with, they'll be posting on LinkedIn. Everybody's posting on LinkedIn these days and they're not getting any traction whatsoever. They have like, they get like one like maybe sometimes, then, not, then maybe they get like five likes once. Basically, most people are totally getting in, ignored on LinkedIn. And what you have the option to do is just go, go through all their content and leave a comment, be the first one to see it every single time. And this is by far the best, the, the, one of the most effective ways I know to actually build a relationship with these people that are otherwise difficult to build relationships with. There's so many C CEOs of, of really sizable companies. I mean, like SMEs still, but, but like people that are, you know, like high value individuals that could be great B2B leads that are just posting and, and there's no engagement there whatsoever. They, those people, they get bombarded with, with, with DMs all the time. I'm sure you get many, many cold messages every week, every day that, that you usually ignore because they're kind of shitty a lot of the time. Yeah. But when you, when, people, when you see somebody comment on, on the five, six posts in a row and actually has something to say, it makes you so much more likely to actually remember them and to build relationships with them. So that would be one way I would say is a good way of being more human and more personalized in your lead generation efforts. And then you could just as well do the same thing with your current clients, save them in lead lists, and then just use the LinkedIn function, sales navigator function to comment on their stuff. Conversations. It's such an important part of marketing right now. When I was at the uh, B2B marketing uh, conference in Los Angeles um, many months ago, you know, I connected with Daniel from wave.video. Wave and we recorded a nice clip of him where he talks about the importance of conversations in marketing. Conversational marketing is, I think, one of the most important parts of marketing right now. You know, there's this kind of irony that I have right now, which is that 
Dub is about to launch Forms, Dub Forms, which allows us to put forms onto a video page so that people can fill those out and then trigger automated workflows. So yeah. this is the this is a kind of the first time we've offered this. You know, to date we've just had external forms, um, which is just using a form from a third party service. But what I realized is that in so many ways, forms are the currency of marketing automation or marketing because it's our ability to hear someone and see someone raise their hand. But but in many ways, you know, forms are are antiquated, you know, and mm. that we don't want, you know, gone are the days where you put a LinkedIn post and you put a link in and you say, please fill out this form if you want to learn more. <laughs> Those days are over. Now you ask people to to put a comment in, you know, if you want this ebook, if you want to join this webinar, if you want to do X, Y, and Z, if you want early access, you know, um, please put a comment below. And what happens is number one is you do get that hand raised. So you kind of figure out where the demand is and where the interest is. But what you also do is you get the conversation. And when you drive conversations, then you drive visibility and you, and you drive traction. So let's just talk about that for a second. If we don't have comments in our posts on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, we get much less visibility. It just doesn't drive and it doesn't stimulate the algorithm. Now, I'm not suggesting that we do things to gamify it. You know, everything has to be authentic. It has to be organic. It has to be real, true conversations. But if you're not driving those conversations, then you're sort of missing out. So in the spirit of practicing what we preach here, you know, I'd love to see some comments from the viewers right now on, on what you think about what we're talking about. We're talking about remote work. We're talking about working from home. We're talking about ways to leverage LinkedIn, you know, content creation to continue to drive our brand, to grow sales. Um, and then also during this whole process, having as much personalization as we possibly can. So, you know, if you guys have comments, questions, just throw them below. Uh, once again, thanks again for the support, guys. Thanks again for the support on on all of our channels, social, Dub as a platform. You know, Stafo, thanks again for your time. But uh, I, I want to jump in. If if uh, Stafo, if you have anything else to add here, please add it now. Otherwise, I want to kind of pivot our combo a little bit to talk about something that you mentioned and you asked me a question before we started this, and it was kind of a poignant question. You said, "Are you feeling fear?" That's what you asked me. And, and that, that struck something within me. I felt a certain level of empathy and a certain level of insight that you might be feeling. And first of all, I wanted to ask you, you know, how, how can people deal with fear right now? You know, we also talked about this idea of focusing on the things that we can control. So how can we overcome some of the trials, tribulations that we're going through right now? Yeah, so I think even before... We get we get into like what is it that you control and what you don't control. I think it's 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 really not helpful to resist the fear. So if you wake up and you're like, okay, I feel I feel a little bit anxious today. I'm actually very worried about this. That's okay. You don't need to start worrying about worrying. You're only gonna make it <laughs> make it worse. So one of the things I, like I practice a lot of meditation. One of the things that I've learned for myself, especially with like having an agency, which has also been very stressful, is that, okay, you feel it, and then it can it can go. You know, like, it, it's okay that you feel it, but then it can just leave your body again. Now, once you have, like, that basic level of awareness, like, it's okay to feel something, but then you can let it go, then it's about really being very strict with yourself about, okay, is this something I control, or is this something that I do not control? I control lots of things. I control how I spend my time. I control how I support my friends and my families. I support how I pivot my business or don't pivot my business. I, I control a lot of results for my clients. Those are the things I, I control what I do with my money. Those are things I control and I should, I should make sure that I make a plan and I act according to the plan. Then there's a whole bunch of stuff you don't control. You cannot control the idiots running outside partying. In, in the middle of this pandemic, you have no control over that person. I mean, you could try punch them in the face, but I just wouldn't recommend it. But then, you, you, have but no then you have, but then you have to touch them. Yeah, exactly. So it gets even worse. <laughs> uh, and you, you, you don't have you. Most of us have very limited control over legislation. You you can uh, sign a form or whatever. Uh, you can write your, I don't know whether your governor. That's something you can do. But once you've done that, you've done what it is that you can do. For most people, you've you've exhausted your leverage, and I think it's time to stop worrying about it too much. 
because it will just drive you insane. And the, the part of your brain that is trying to intervene is activated without any sort of leverage. Mm. And, and what, what, what I'm seeing in my friend group is people start panicking about stuff they can't control. Oh no, China is going to start doing this kind of stuff. Oh, we're going to get it. We're going to go into a surveillance state and then taking absolutely zero action on it because it's totally outside of their control. And then they spend their time trying to convince me that I'm supposed to be worried. And I tell them like, okay, so first of all, panicking is not going to help you achieve any sorts of positive results, but then making, trying to make me panic as well. That is you actually creating a negative result, mm. which is not only make, which is making my life less fun, which is making the life of my friends less fun and which is making me like you less as a, as a friend as well. So, so, so please don't spread panic, spread awareness, you know, um, give useful tips, do what is, what it is that you can. Don't worry about the things you can't control. Don't try to convince people to panic. They should take it seriously. Yes. But panicking is, not, is, is something else entirely, I would say. So let's talk memes for a second. People are having an insane amount of fun with the memes right now. And they're, they're really funny, some of these memes. They're really clever. I mean, talk about clever memes. Like there's this one where it's these two kind of characters at a bar and one of them is the Spanish flu and one of them is the coronavirus. And you know they look like crazy figures and they're kind of having a conversation and then off to the side is the um, the black plague and that's a grim reaper very scary looking guy and you know the the coronavirus and the spanish flu are basically saying you know uh, listen i don't i don't really want to kill people i just want to i just want to drive a little bit of awareness on what you know viruses and a pandemic can do and then the black plague figure in the little chat bubble he says Fucking millennials. <laughs> I, I also saw a really good one. I, I saw like this meme of it's like a potato break dancing, like doing all kind of crazy moves. And then it says like, uh, Greta, what's her name when she hears that all industry is shut down? <laughs> oh, man. You know? That really made me die laughing. Like, it was oh, man. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. So... So we, yeah, we're making a joke, and there's also all sorts of funny things that are happening um, with like nature. You know, there's like this yeah. one where it's on the left side. It's you know before the coronavirus, and it's people stuck on their devices at home. After the coronavirus, it's people out in nature walking and searing, <laughs> you know, in the Facebook group for the little community that I built that I uh, live in. Someone put a photo behind their house on a little hike that they went on overlooking a hill and a, the sunset and stuff. And it's, it's a beautiful photo. So they put that photo in the group and they said, this is what it looks like up in the hills behind our homes. And everyone it, that that post went microviral because people are like, wow, it's nature. And, you know, it's kind of telling that people are forced to realize and to appreciate the simple things in life right now which is nature and hiking and stuff like that. But it's just absolutely sad. And I think that our existence, planet Earth, civilization as we know it is going to fundamentally change in terms of appreciation. You know, you mentioned meditation. I want to get into that in a second. But in terms of, you know, appreciation, respect for the planet, respect for the Earth, you know, being able to figure out ways to be more efficient with our times, you know, being closer, more unified, more of that unified field of consciousness that we have with one another. You know, these are things that I think are about to explode in a positive way, you know, after this whole thing kind of dies out, literally. So you mentioned uh, meditation. Talk to me about your practice a little bit. I'd love to learn about how you're using mindfulness and really connecting yourself um, through that, that tertiary state. Yeah, so... so I've been, I, I did, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm like a meditation expert, but I've been practicing for a few years. My girlfriend, she did the Vipassana retreat, which I think is a really good thing for many people to do. You, when she came back from the Vipassana, she was really a changed person. Uh, but so my practice, it's, 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 I got it from this YouTube video is this Zen Buddhist monk that teaches meditation and he has like the funniest voice ever. Uh, and my, the, it basically goes first, you feel the air around you. Then you pay attention to the sounds, then you pay attention to the smell, then you basically imagine the room around yourself and you walk through your house and then you float into space and try to see the earth and then you 
focus on your on your body sensations. Basically, the whole thing, what it really does, this one, this one I like to practice, is it locks you very powerfully into the moment and into your point in space. So you're really like, you know, like for example, now I'm in my I'm in my living room. But do I really feel like I'm in my living room? No, I feel like I'm more connected with you, even though you're on the other side of the planet. But when you're doing it, you're really like, okay, I'm I'm in my room and I'm sitting here and I'm literally doing nothing, and 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 you 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 start seeing thoughts pop up from your brain and wherever those thoughts actually come from is a really fun conversation you can have as well. But but you start on the one hand connecting really powerful to the moment and space, and on the other hand you you start witnessing your thoughts from a little bit more afar and, and what this does in day-to-day -day life is it's like okay now i notice that i'm feeling angry i notice that i'm feeling anxious i notice that i'm feeling sad but it's not you you're you don't buy into it you know like you're not you you're not like oh this means that everything's bad no this means that the program in my brain that wants to promote anxiety is activated and then i i kind of like pat my myself hey little stuff like it's it's okay you're 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 a little bit sad right now but it's just a program that's activated and it will pass you know um so yeah my practice nice. is very simple nice but nice. very valuable i would say yeah vipassana is is that idea of insight you know we have our our third eye here you know just to get a little bit spiritual sometimes people get a little bit intimidated by this topic because they feel like meditation is something for hippies or people that live up in the hills and and put white charcoal on their on their faces but in fact it's not you know uh meditation is just a simple way of being mindful being connected being unified to every single entity in our cosmos you know that's really what meditation is at least at least to me and yeah. um you know it's something that i definitely practice i went through i've gone through a couple of different things i've gone through the transcendental meditation program yes. which i think is positive um, there's a fee for that so i caution people about that because you know should we have to pay for meditation i don't know and then the second one was actually similar to the the, the zen techniques which you mentioned which is a very visual uh, it's a very visual form of meditation and i think what's what's really interesting about what you mentioned is that it's about self-love but it's about self-awareness so a lot of people think that meditation is about removing all the thoughts from your mind and having a clear mind, you know, that like nirvana, you know, samadhi, that like elevated sense, transcended sense of I'm clear and I'm nothing, you know, yet I'm everything. And in fact, that I don't think that that's really what it's about, at least from my perspective. I think it's about being aware of the things that are indeed already happening in our lives. For example, if you have a thought or if you get distracted or if you think about something uh, within your life while you're meditating, it's actually good to do what you just mentioned, which is just to be self-aware of it. I just thought of the fact that I'm afraid of what's happening right now. I just thought of the fact that I need to cook this food tonight. I just thought of the fact that my kid is being homeschooled right now and I sure hope that I'm doing a good job in this process. I just thought of the fact that it's going to rain tonight and I should make sure that my, all my windows are closed. You know, those things are good thoughts. And the second that we start to let those thoughts break our meditation and actually make us disengage from it, that's when we lose the value of meditation. What is the value of meditation? The value is that first and foremost, we need sleep. You know, we need eight, six to eight to 10 hours of sleep as often as we can get it. And many say, and you can Google this, please, um, it, you know, that 20 minutes of meditation is the equivalent of four hours of sleep because you go to a tertiary state which allows your body to experience deep deep relax relaxation empathy self-love that kind of heals you especially if you get into a cadence of doing that one to two times a day so i always recommend that to people it's amazing that you brought that up you know um that's awesome why don't more people meditate stafo i think it's hard and it, and if you it's it's a hard habit to start for a lot of people or they perceive it as hard uh, they might be afraid to be judged as well and when they sit there they might be like okay did that really set the clock or not uh, but i'd actually like to supplement something to the to the to the idea of the meditation because so i think meditation is super valuable yeah right but what i also believe is i also believe very much in planning and 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 what i mean planning is like okay i want to get there in 70 years for to get there in 70 years i gotta get there in 30 10 years five one one six months 
one quarter a week, you know, and, and one of the things, especially now, I think this is super valuable when you're just working from home from the, for the first time, you, what you, what I think people should really do to supplement the meditation is to write down. And I do this every single morning is what are the outcomes I want from my day? So not what do I want to do space in my opinion, basically useless, but which results do I want to achieve today. And then when you've done your one to five results, give yourself a permission to tune out because what happens is, you know, because meditation for me, really big part of it is allowing my mind to, 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 to be calm so that it can be effective. But if you have, if you get into this loop where you believe that in order to be calm, you need to actually have done a specific amount of things that, that in my mind is a trap because you're always going to have more things to do. But if you tell yourself in the morning, like, I want to achieve this, I want to achieve this, I want to achieve this. And when you've done those things, you're done. And, and that allows you to rest better at night, in my opinion. And then that allows you to be more effective in the ne on the next day. And you create a positive loop of reinforcements. And, and for, the reason I bring this up is for me, the meditation by itself wasn't enough because I would still get very caught up in, I got to do X, Y, and Z. But now that I'm just like, okay, what do I, what, for example, this morning, what did I want? I wanted to make a, make a good impression on my call. So this one, and also, well, have effective calls. So this, this call with you, as well as my call with my team, I wanted to create a new way of um, redistributing my content, which has led to 10 times more downloads today than usual. And I wanted to work on the LinkedIn course that I'm working on. So I've done those three things now, and those are the results that I wanted to achieve. But I also want to spend time with my girlfriend. So now I'm going to work on the fourth result, which is spend time with my girlfriend after this. And I, I, re I really believe that this is a very valuable supplement to the meditation if, if your goal is to have a more a clearer mind. Yeah. So what you're, what you're talking about really is, is that balance. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's about it's mind, body, spirit, but it's much more granular about that. It's about our personal relationships. It's about our health. You know, it's about our business. It's about, you know, uh, overall sort of self-love contentment, you know, having that kind of full stack of, of, of balance, really. And I think a lot of that comes from self-love. And one of the things that I realized during this process and meeting with so many people and hearing their stories is that one of the things I think that happens a lot is that people lack self-love. And we've all gone through this, every single one of us. You know, we lack that self-love. And, and as a result, we lack that confidence. And then as a result of that lack of confidence, we're not able to kind of be our best self and fulfill our full potentials. And I think one of the biggest things to understand about that, which I think actually Violet Rainwater talks about a lot, you guys can check her out on LinkedIn, is that she talks about childhood trauma, in fact, mm -hmm. where a lot of the reasons why we have problems in our life is from childhood trauma. You know, things that we've endured, whether it's, you know, going to, you know, a Catholic school where you didn't really fit in and it wasn't until college where you actually started to spread your wings or whether it's, you know, going through something with, you know, family, friends, being bullied, you know, who knows what the, what the, what the real story is. But addressing that, I think, is, is really important. And the, I think the second thing is also it's not trying to figure out vehicles to hide it. You know, one of the things that happens in recessions is that people drink a lot. They do a lot more drugs. Escapism. They want to escape from their problems. And I feel a lot of empathy. And, you know, we all do this once again. No one's perfect here. Um, but, you know, that idea of escaping your problems is it doesn't solve them. In fact, it makes them worse. You know, it's important to address those head on and to figure out what that demon is that's actually causing that and that pain and that lack of self-love. So, you know, a couple of interesting topics here that I think really are going to help us during this this time process here. Um, but but at the same time, speaking of balance, you know, meditation is good. Planning is good. Content is good. Self-love is good. But, you know, we're in a we're in a little bit of a recession right now. You know, people's businesses are changing. You know, I'm getting the met the note, the tone of the messaging that I'm getting on link on LinkedIn. It's changed within the last week. You know, it went from, hey, let's record a podcast to, hey, do you, can you support me? Can you, can you purchase this? You know, can you buy this? You know, I need to, I need to sell this. So I've, I've noticed that little bit of change. What types of changes have you seen Stafo in, in people right now 
and overall kind of feeling communication? And then what's your recommendation for that? So, so one of the things that I've, that I've been noticing that I'm not so sure what I think about it yet is suddenly everybody's marketing is around the coronavirus and, and yeah. it's often, it's often not, it's, it's often in a fake supporting way, I would say. So what we're doing, I would say is a real supporting way. We're like, you, you're asking genuine questions. Okay. How can a business owner get, get through this? What, what are your thoughts as like a LinkedIn expert? But I see so I see a lot of people basically trying to find different ways of like how can we angle this coronavirus to our to our benefits. It's I'm I'm seeing that's one of the things I'm seeing. I, I haven't really made a come to a conclusion whether I like it or not. But it's it's something that rubs me a little bit in the in the wrong way. I'm also seeing a lot of the like like there's so much focus on the coronavirus where you cannot have really have any conversations without starting and ending with corona when i talked to my team this morning hey how's everybody doing is the family safe any cases in your family how are you doing with the lockdown and then the last thing we tell each other is be safe so a lot of the less urgent things that normally are a really strong part of of uh, of communication between people i see those things fade a little bit in the in the backgrounds as now all of a sudden so much of our attention is on this coronavirus thingy um i'm not really i'm sure this, this is just like us as uh, as a species kind of like trying to process what's happening but i believe that there's a lot of value in consciously not doing that so so consciously Okay, now let's talk for an hour and let's not mention this because I think there's some other stuff that might be more useful to talk about right now. And I had and I had to say this to a couple of my friends. I said, okay, so we're gonna call now, but just so you know, this is a corona-free line. That's what that's what I told my friends. <laughs> this is a, we, we switched from this from calling on the cell phone to the laptop. I said, okay, we're switching to the laptop now. It's a corona-free line, and if you mention corona, the line is gonna cut. Uh, and in my opinion, it leads to a good conversation because all, no, nobody's really asking like like those questions that you're normally asking or not talking about the things that you're normally talking about, or at least that's what I'm noticing. And I think help helping guide each other to remember like, okay, this is what normal life is like. Uh, I think that's very valuable in, in mm -hmm. my opinion, you know? Right. You know, you know what I'm feeling though a little bit is I'm feeling this idea where if I if I see a social post that's that's salesy and it's not necessarily mentioning something about I, I agree with what you're saying. Let me start with that. I, I agree with that. Not marketers should not exploit this idea right now and figure out, oh, we need to come up with campaigns left and right. But but at the same time, there is a change in demand and a yeah. desperate need for empathy, I think, to address the concerns that we're all feeling. But sometimes I do feel some types of posts where it's very it's overly salesy and there's kind of no mention of the state of the union and i feel like those are a little bit tone deaf mm. so i kind of i've noticed myself just ignoring those whereas what i do gravitate towards is some of the content that you're referencing which is staying positive you know and figuring out ways to just not let fear completely take over us but then also on the flip side something that's specifically empathetic or value providing for the state of the union right now. So I've, I've, I've kind of noticed some changes in my consumption of content for sure. It's a really good point about the tonality, about being tone deaf. Yeah. I, I think it's about, okay, so it, it's, it's, it's a good thing to show like, hey, I'm human too. We're in this, you, as a brand or as a person, doesn't matter, to show like, hey, we're, we're all in this together. And then still kind of like, you know, go about your way of what you would usually be doing. For example, yeah. today I made a post like announcing one of my latest podcast episodes. And then in the end, I put like, well, who are you kidding? You're not going anywhere anyway. So you might, so you might as well check out the podcast. Yeah. And, I mean, everybody's in lockdown. So it's, it's like, okay, I understand the kind of situation that we're in. But, you know, like I still have something to share and, and I, would, I would enjoy it if, if, if you guys would listen to my podcast or whatever it is that you're sharing in the moment, right? Well, there was a, about a year ago, you know, I found myself where a lot of what I was producing was 
was not seen as as high quality and i i received a lot of criticism because you know i would do zoom calls like this or live recorded calls like this we're using Streamyard right now and the quality is not amazing you know there's a little crackling you know there's compression on it you know recording videos with with my phone and sometimes you know doing the handheld shaky thing you know and it was it was a, a different type of mindset uh, and I and I just disagreed with that fundamentally because for me it's about you know real authentic storytelling at that moment. It's not about going back to a production situation and then putting lipstick on it and then repurposing it and putting it back on there. That's not what it's about. It's about getting stuff out there as quickly as possible when it's relevant. And I one of the interesting things about what's happening right now is that the quality of content is going to go down in so many ways and up in so many ways. Down it's going to go because people are not going to, I don't know if you've seen any, of course you have all the late night shows with all the personalities, the broadcasters, you know, the people that are kind of running shows, you know, the people that are doing podcasts, no one is physically meeting. They're doing stuff from home. They're holding their iPhone. They're holding their Android. They're getting their spouse to hold the mic and hold the camera. Mm -hmm. And the quality of stuff is going to degrade, but we're going to stop caring about that. Because we're going to say now we actually want to consume content, which is in real time, relevant, empathetic, real, authentic human and on whatever device we want. So I think it's it's one of the kind of very random uh, byproducts of this of this whole thing where now we're not going to care as much about the polish of our content. We just want the core information. I think is what you said is very interesting. I, I agree with it. But one thing that sprung to mind for me is how you're talking about a few years back, people were complaining about the quality. Uh, and I think at the time, probably it made a lot of sense for you to show like a little bit lower quality content. I mean, in terms of polishness, I don't mean in terms of, of uh, like the contents of it. And now you're like a successful business owner. I don't know much about your history, but I, I, I know now for sure see you as some somebody who's very successful. And, and now that's also represented in the way you present yourself online. like. You know, like we're we're talking. We both have good microphones. We have good webcams. Uh, we're we're like showing comments on the screen and all that kind of stuff. I I, I really enjoy seeing that, like how people when, when they go through their journey as an entrepreneur and simultaneously they go through their journey as a as a content creator. For example, I can really tell that you have your own style of running the show and your own style of engaging with the audience and the, your own style of engaging with me. And and it's it's a it's a pleasure to, to to be in a show like this with, with somebody who's really kind of like figured out their own style and all of those people just starting with their content creation now and and they, they some of them will figure out that they actually enjoy it and then over time they will increase the quality of their content and they will change their style to more represent them and and it's I, I would see it as the, as the birth as of of beautiful new content creators that's how I would look at it Marilyn uh, is, I'm so glad that Marilyn is, is, is here and she's, she's Marilyn and I are actually going to chat. I think, I think on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So Marilyn has a, some insight here. So first of all, I wanted to say a couple of things about Marilyn Devonch here. So Marilyn Devonch is an early adopter, an early believer in a lot, pretty much everything that we've been talking about because she has a mostly, I think, home-based business. And she provides um, some serious value in terms of coaching and in terms of being, you know, an advisor, a consultant. So if you guys uh, want to check out Marilyn Devonch, please go Google her. She's on all channels, um, really a, a power marketer and a personality for sure. Um, actually, Marilyn, I have definitely seen some of the memes that you've been sharing. And thank you for sharing those. I probably mentioned a couple of those that I saw um, somewhere uh, on this call. So thanks again for that. Um, you, uh, Marilyn, have been mentioning this idea of a flexible working implementation consultant and God, how relevant that is. That is so relevant right now. So one of the things that I'd like to work with you on, Marilyn, uh, is this idea of dub coaches. And it's been something I've wanted to kick off, but it's mm -hmm. basically, um, you know, this idea of, of creating a marketplace for people like Stafu who run agencies or people like Marilyn or people like Russ Johns or all the great people within our ecosystem and our community to kind of promote them a little bit because dub is just technology, it's pipes, it's automation, but without humans and consultants and agents and experts, um, none of this marketing stuff happens. So anyways, Marilyn, thank you so much. Um, right back at you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
Safa, where can people find more information about you, about your website, LinkedIn? I know that you're very active on LinkedIn. Um, you know, you have an agency. Talk to us. Give us some social channels and some URLs, please. Yeah. So uh, honestly, the thing I'm most excited about is uh, is if people would want to check out my podcast. Now, my podcast, it's on every podcasting platform that you could possibly want to check it out on. Uh, it's the TMF Picnic. Uh, and the URL, I, I, can, I can just read it off <laughs> for you, is uh, pot.co slash picnic dash TMF. Um, and, you know, I'm always super excited to help anybody. So if you reach out to me on my LinkedIn, I will for sure be very excited to hear from you. Send me a little dub. That would be dope. Um, and also I have a Facebook group called The Marketing Family, where we're really very supportive of each other on how we do marketing. And it's also a place for us to kind of like discuss the things that we're talking about in my podcast, which are very similar to the things that we talked about today. So I'm really not here to sell anything. I'm absolutely not interested in that today. But if anybody would check out my podcast and just give me some feedback on how I present and what I can improve, that would really mean a lot to me. Okay, cool. And then I got, um, if you if you can, Stafo, please go to the Facebook uh, page and also YouTube and then please put the link in. I, I wasn't able to collect that really quickly. Um, Marilyn, thanks so much for this comment. Great idea regarding dub coaches. Um, let's do it. Let's talk, I think, this week. So we'll get that launched. Um, Stafo, thank you so much. Um, you guys, Stafo's Facebook group is called The Marketing Family. So people, uh, people can go to Facebook and type The Marketing Family within specifically Facebook groups, and then you can create that. Guys, if you don't have a Facebook group, just create one, okay? It, it's, it's 10x of what you get on Facebook. Uh, Facebook is made for viral videos, which are mostly questionable, <laughs> and Facebook groups, which are, which are awesome. So uh, do that. And then also, Stafo has a podcast, which I'm going to put the link up to in just a heartbeat here. And actually, Stafo, could you just mention what the name of your podcast is, please? The TMF Picnic. So TMF Picnic, exactly like this. And what we do is we interview top performers. And what I do a little bit differently is, well, first of all, I'm not super serious, so it's a little bit funny. But also what I try to do is I try to figure out what are the fundamental insights that people had that allowed them to go from, let's say, regular to being very successful. It's a lot about marketing, entrepreneurship, and that kind of stuff. So, for example, I'd love to have you on. And I think one of the things that we would talk about is how you figured out how, you know, like how first impression over video is super important, how you've un understood conversational marketing in a different way from anybody else. And so we explore these uh, insights and then we figure out how can we take those ideas and make them practical as well. Amazing. Stafo, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate the insight here. Let's stop worrying about worrying. Let's stay positive. Let's figure out ways to leverage content, to build relationships, to show empathy, share our human, real, authentic stories, and to just keep on carrying on. Awesome. Thank you very much. It was very much a pleasure. Thanks, guys. And I, I won't do the handshake. I'll do the namaste. Yeah, or the or the elbow. <laughs> or the namaste. namaste. <laughs> Let's do the namaste. See you guys. <laughs>